Hey there, welcome to How to Write a Novel. So let's talk about the same old shit that we always talk about because uh, I'm pretty sure literally everything I'm going to say in this podcast I've already said before, but uh, that's just how it goes, man. That's one thing I think is interesting about chronicling this process is noticing uh, recurring themes, recurring elements. You know, the stuff that keeps coming up, I think is probably the more bedrock stuff, the more foundational reality of fucking writing a book is the stuff that you notice again and again. And I'm just interested in this minutia of the act of writing which is uh, obviously why I've spent my whole stupid life trying to be a writer. But what happened to me today, something that has definitely happened before, is I've been dragging quite a bit on my main thing that I'm writing, my main novel. Very small amounts, it's taken me forever to just creep my way through this chapter that I'm writing. Just getting little tiny bits done every day. And yesterday I finally had one of those days where I just didn't get anything done. Doesn't happen very often, but just, uh, I don't know, just a long day where I just, well, it's weird. It's like, I don't know, man. It is just, there's just not that much time in a day. I put on my little book bag. I walked across the river in my hometown of Fredericton. You can walk across this walking bridge Got downtown, went to a coffee shop, pulled out my laptop, edited some other fucking podcasts I'm working on and shit. Went to a different coffee shop, read a novel for a while, watched a couple dumb videos on my phone. And I mean, that's, I don't know how, but that was the day, you know? It's like, holy shit, sun's going down. I mean, it's winter, so the sun goes down early. And I was just energy free, and I was just like walking home. It's, uh, I guess this happened to me quite a few times you know, when I was in like Montreal or Vancouver, I would have days like this, but then I would get some work done at the zero hour, you know, like on the subway on the way home, I'd get some work done. And again, like I always say, that's enough, that's fine. The little bits add up. That's what would have happened yesterday if I had transit to take home. But it's all just walking in this town just walked home and I was like, on the way home, I was trying to convince myself of like, can't I just do some writing at home? Is it really that hard to do? But I just didn't do it. That's just one of those things I've learned about myself. I hate writing at home. I hate it. I gotta leave the house and go out somewhere else. And again, this small town thing is just fucking me up. Cause these two coffee shops I went to are kind of the only two coffee shops, you know? There's two on the north side, there's two downtown, like a third one if you're willing to walk a ways. And that's just kind of it. It's winter, it's cold, there's no fucking population around here. Pain in the ass. So I finally missed a day. It's like shit. Then today, kind of a similar thing, or like I woke up real early today, went and got breakfast with my parents. Headed off to go do my shit for the day, and it's just like, 
the day's slipping away from me again. So today I went to that third coffee shop, the one that's like a, a bit of a, a walk out of the way. And I'm like, no, man, do it. Just go to the coffee shop and do the work, man. Yeah, yeah, I know that you're tired. You'll feel better. Just give it 20 minutes, dude. You don't have to fucking kill yourself. Just do something. Get back on the fucking trolley. And today I had one of those nice little breakthrough days where... God, why am I recording this today? It's next to loud traffic, next to tons of wind. So I had this nice breakthrough with this chapter I've been working on where I had a sort of outline of where I thought it was going to go. And uh, maybe it's just that my subconscious was not very excited about that. Maybe this sluggishness lately was not an accident. Maybe the fact that I finally ground down to nothing yesterday was a sign. Because today I finally had a little brainstorm, took this thing in a different direction, and it's really cool and much more exciting. God, this is really windy. This fucking town, what a dumb place. <laughs> what the fuck? The land of wind and ghosts. This town is like a puddle that's drying up. Weird ass place. All right, I gotta wait till I get off this bridge. This is way too much wind. This is silly. All right, there we go, off the bridge. That's significantly better. So there's this thing that's been uh, sort of seeded throughout my book. I talked about it in an earlier episode of this podcast. But this idea that uh, the two main characters are, roughly speaking, like a harsh-ass barbarian-type alien and a placid book-smart alien, you know? The, the classic paradigm, the fucking caveman versus the astronaut. So, the rough-ass alien, the society she came from, they do this really brutal adulthood ritual where they basically just, when you're not ready for it and not expecting it, they dump you in the middle of nowhere on this super harsh planet that they live on. And if you make it back, you're a citizen. And if you don't make it back, you don't make it back. And most people don't make it back. But the ones that do, I mean, you're, you're bulletproof after that. You are beyond questioning, beyond any reproach. You are a super citizen, you know? Whereas the other alien, the bookish alien, it's the opposite. Everybody lives. If anyone doesn't live, it's because maybe they killed themselves, you know? <laughs> like, there is no harshness involved in their upbringing besides mental, societal harshness, but nothing physical. And I've kind of brought this up in the book. I've got a little term for it. And the little term comes up, and it's like, when it comes up, it's clear that the bookish alien is really uncomfortable by this concept, where the harsh barbarian alien is proud of it. It's like, yeah, yeah, fuck you, of course you would think that. You little bitch! But it's kind of come up enough times that I almost worried it was getting annoying, you know? Like, maybe as I do a second revision, I'll be like, I need to bring this up less often. Because it's getting annoying to keep referencing this mysterious term 
that's causing some kind of rift between these people and never explaining what it is. You know, there's the delicate balance of planting seeds and frustrating people with like, just fucking, if you're gonna tell me what it is, then tell me what it is or don't. But particularly on this first draft, I'm just going with my gut, going with my feelings. I really do think that's the best way to write. Just to try to be as in tune and as aware of your little internal barometers and dials and various gauges. Because it's all an abstract art. It's incredibly abstract to write a story. You know, to just write down some symbols that mean a story to someone. That they have to invent in their own head based on your symbols, you know? I think it's really just missing the point to try to come up with rules and regulations on how to write, you know? It's like you just gotta do what you feel is good. And I didn't, I just didn't feel it yet. It's like, well, it's just not time. It's just not time for them to have that conversation. And I suddenly realized today, as I was sitting down to write some shit on this story, today is the day. I don't know, it just hit me all of a sudden. I'm like, this is what they gotta talk about. This is where it's going. I jotted down a bunch of rough dialogue, nothing concrete, like tomorrow I'll flesh this out better and do it better. Today was just notes. Just real quick and fast notes of like, all right, well, then he'll say this, and she'll say this, and he'll say this, and she'll say this. And not only did that just feel good today, it's like, oh, man, I'm glad I did force myself to sit down. Every time I'm glad that I forced myself to sit down and to just spend at least 20 minutes working on this shit, it's never better that I don't do that. <laughs> it's never better to skip a day. But at the same time, it sort of... Uh, illuminated why I've been writing so slowly like that that just that slow I feel like my subconscious mind it's like a slow mill you know it's just slowly grinding it just moves at a slow pace and it takes a while sometimes for the message it's trying to send me to get through and I still think it's important to work every day even though I just been doing these little tiny bits of work because I got to keep that connection active, you know? I've got to keep my subconscious in the loop, you know? I got to make sure my subconscious mind knows, yes, this is still what we're doing. Every day we're going to do this. This is what you need to think about. This is what you need to focus on. This story is still active. This is still the thing we're doing. We have not stopped. Keep milling away. Keep grinding. But I've noticed this pretty often, that when I have a really slow rough patch it's because there's something waiting to come it's like there's a big blockage just waiting like a big log jam and it's just waiting for the flood of progress you know the flood of where we're gonna go in the future the direction we need to go it's coming but it takes some time and that's where I just really do feel like I've hit that. I mean, it took me so long, you know, I'm in my late 30s now before I finally hit this balance. But this balance of pushing and not pushing, you know, of making sure I push so that I work every day, but not pushing during each day, because I don't want to just push past the right answer. I don't want to push past the good stuff. I'm glad I didn't force my way through this chapter and just go ahead with the notes that I had and pump out a bunch of words 
and speed to the end and just end up with a chapter that wasn't really what I wanted and leaves me unexcited about this story and then to try to build another chapter on top of that and then the disaster compounds and at the same time I'm glad I didn't stop entirely because then it's just it's just over you know then the uh, the brainstorm's not gonna come the mill stops at that point Just stop on this bench, take a little seat next to this fucking frozen-ass river. So yeah, it's just an interesting thing that I've noticed several times about how going slow, it's not clear in the moment, you know, that I'm not quite going the right way or that I haven't hit the spark of where I'm supposed to go. It just seems like I'm not getting much done, but I just keep slogging forward and keep slogging forward at a slow pace. And then once the brainstorm hits, once the landslide happens, you know, it's like, ah, good, man. It's like suddenly it recontextualizes this last week or two weeks or whatever it's been that I'm just like really having a tough time. It's because I wasn't going the right way, but I didn't know what the right way was yet. And I wonder, like, as this happens more and more, surely I'll just be more aware of the larger picture of what's happening in my little head. Maybe next time I'm really going slow, I'll be more aware that maybe this means I'm going the wrong way. Doesn't seem to be the case. Usually I don't seem to know till I've found the new way. And then, yeah, like the last you know, week or two suddenly makes more sense. But that's one thing I think is interesting too, is I think failure to work isn't an accident. You know, it really does seem like it makes sense. Like in this case, just the fact that I was going very, very slowly, even by my normally slow standards, was not coincidental. It's because I had to figure out something I hadn't figured out yet. But also I think stopping entirely is also not, not an accident. You know, every story that I failed to finish in the past 15, 20 years, it's because I wasn't ready. Because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have whatever I needed to get to the end of writing a story. It was right that I didn't make it. Because what if I had? I don't know, if I had somehow pushed through, would any of those been any good? I mean, I don't feel like I missed out on anything. It's not like I have all these stories that I wish I had finished. I can go back to them now and finish them now, maybe. But I just wasn't ready. And the evidence, the proof that I wasn't ready is that I didn't finish. And I wonder, I mean, obviously you can't just paint everybody with the same brush. I was just listening to a, uh, a nutritionist guy on the Joe Rogan podcast today who was talking about how specific individual people are as far as diet goes. It really does take a lot of experimenting to learn what works for you, and you can't just paint with a generalized brush. I mean, there's certain things, like, you know, try not to eat processed fucking sugar and gross preservatives, but... Beyond that, it gets subtle. You really got to pay attention to yourself and learn what works. So this is no doubt the same. I can't just uh, paint a big brush over everyone and say this is how it is. But I would think that if you fall off on your writing, if you just kind of can't keep with it, if you can't write every day, if you can't stick to a project for two years to get it done, Maybe you're just not ready, you know? Maybe you're meant to fail. Maybe it's not time yet. Doesn't mean it'll never be time. Doesn't mean to give up. But I think it is important to 
properly contextualize what's happening to you, you know? Like, I don't feel like I failed for the past 15 years of writing. I just wasn't ready. I didn't know yet <laughs> that I wasn't ready. I didn't know that at the time, but looking back, I just wasn't ready. If I had pushed through, like, my first big major novel I tried to write when I was 20, 21, and I fell off, that's why I fell off, because I wasn't ready. If I had finished it, yikes. <laughs> you know, it would have sucked. It would have sucked shit. If through some bizarre miracle it, like, got published, I don't know, it would just be weird. I would just have some bad book that I had published. But even that, like, I would never have had... Not only did I not have what I needed to get that story finished, I would never have submitted it to publishers, and I would never have gone through the whole thing, because I would have just known, this isn't right, this isn't the thing, I'm not ready. Because, yeah, it takes a long time just to, just to know yourself, you know, just to know yourself and your own rhythms and your own habits and your own internal brain shit to even just know it enough to be able to do something like write a novel. And again, I'm talking about writing a good novel here. I'm not talking about writing something shitty. But I was thinking about that with uh, this writing every day thing. I mean, I harp on about it a lot because it really was kind of life-changing for me, but I only started doing it in my mid-30s, you know? It was only after I had failed so many times at writing a novel that I, I regrouped. I'm like, okay, this is never gonna happen. I'm not just gonna try again and fail again. I've done that too many times. Something is wrong here. I gotta make another plan. So that's when I got the idea to try writing a non-fiction book instead. And that's when I started writing the book that I wrote about the video game The Last of Us. Because I'm like, I love video games. I've got all these thoughts in my brain that I want to talk about, about video games. I can hang them on the skeleton of this, this book about The Last of Us. Like, that'll be the skeleton. We've got a playthrough of that video game that I'll discuss. And on top of that, the ornaments will be all these side thoughts I have about old video games versus new video games and storytelling and yada yada and it wasn't until I started that project that I was able to write every day consistently because it was it was fun, it was easier, you know, it's less structured, it's more freeform, it's just a series of little mini-essays, basically. The basic structure was already complete, I just have to follow the structure of the video game. It was a much easier thing. But even then, so I finally started writing every day, and I remember being shocked at how slowly it was going, you know? Like, I was shocked at how little I was getting done each day. Even if, like, it's like, okay, all I have to do today is leave the house, go find a coffee shop, and work on this book. And at the end of the day, it's like, man, I only did half a page? Or sometimes, like, I only wrote a paragraph? What the fuck? Oh, well, maybe tomorrow will go better. And then tomorrow went the same as that, and the next day went the same as that. And months and months and months went by, and... I just realized, like, this is as good as it's gonna get. This is as fast as it's gonna go. This is how I work. And I didn't even know that, you know? Like, I spent my whole life trying to be a writer and I didn't even know my own internal pace because I'd never really nailed it down, you know? I'd never really sat down and been like, we're gonna write every day and see what happens. We're gonna learn about you, <laughs> you know? And again, that's yet another reason why it's this just... This is not optional advice. Write every day, you've got to. You gotta at least try it. You gotta put in some time just to find out who you even are, to find out what kind of writing output you're even capable of. What is gonna come out of you? What's your natural rhythm? 
what are you working with here? You can't know till you try. And yeah, that was just a weird thing to be like 35 years old and to only then know like, wow, I'm a slow writer. <laughs> I've been writing since I was like goddamn 17 or 16 or whatever. I didn't know that. I just presumed, just presumed a lot of shit, you know? <laughs> just presumed I could do stuff that I can't do. Presumed I was a person that I am not. And the only way to know who you are, the only way to find these things out is to fucking do it, is to sit down and grind it out and pay attention to what's happening. So there's a nice little rant sitting by the river, sitting on the fucking snow-covered bench in the fucking freezing cold wind, staring out at this godforsaken postcard <laughs> of this goddamn town. So yeah, that's enough for today. Uh, for Song of the Day, man, I'm still obsessed with that Bring Me the Horizon album, Sepaternal. It's so fucking good, man. Holy shit, it's good. The album before that, meh. Got a song here and there. The album after that, eh, song here and there. But that Sepaternal album, holy goddammit. It's so good. It's stupid how good it is. I started having these fantasies of, like, making a movie where the whole soundtrack is just this album. So, uh, let's listen to Go to Hell for Heaven's Sake. Not my favorite title. That's kind of a, a silly chorus. Go to hell for heaven's sake. It's very, not really a very cool thing to say. But besides that one line in the song, it's a very cool song. God damn it, I love this song. It's a real good little, like, I wish you would just shut the fuck up type of song. But it's also, man, just what a clever little line at the start where he's just like, Silence is golden, and then you speak. You fucking moron. You're the one who talked, you know? Silence is golden, and you can't shut up. So good. What a good song. So here's Bring Me the Horizon. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.